This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Student loan debt doesn't just take a financial toll. Research shows a majority of millennials are postponing milestones, such as marriage, buying a home or car, and more. The majority of Americans, basically from age 18 through the baby boomer generation, say that they have had to delay major life decisions because of the student loan debt that they accumulated. Then, could the prescription drugs you use be counterfeit? Phony pharmaceuticals are a real problem. What's being done about it? It's usually where somebody is on a heart drug or a cancer drug and people counterfeit the active ingredient in it and the patient never knows. Those two stories and more are straight ahead. Don't go away. InfoTrack begins right after this. <sighs> so the kids decided to cut their own hair today. And somebody's ink pen exploded in the wash. And family fajita night left me with the heartburn blues. But Rolaids made it all fine. Rolaid starts working as fast as now, so you can take control of even your worst heartburn. Get your groove back with Rolaids. Refers to acid neutralization. Use as directed. This morning you're up early because you're at the DMV. So many people, it takes so much time. Do you have the right form? Are you in the right line? Your number E42. Right after C23. This is confusing. When your morning is hell, just go to Taco Bell. And let us make you breakfast like Taco Bell's Dollar Grilled Breakfast Burrito. All your favorites like eggs and bacon wrapped up in a grilled tortilla. At participating stores during breakfast hours, prices may vary tax extra. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Unless you or someone you know is struggling to pay off a student loan, you may not realize the impact that debt can have on major life decisions. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Buyer's remorse. We don't often say that with college student loans, but a new study shows we could and that student loan debt is crushing many millennials' plans for enjoying life. Joining us now is Mark Hambrick, Senior Economic Analyst for Bankrate.com, to tell us about the study and give us some very important advice. Mark, your study says that if people could do it all over again, quite a few would make different choices in choosing and financing college. So what kinds of college choices are we talking about? Well, first of all, let's talk about the problem that leads them to observe that perhaps they could have done things differently. We're talking about the sum total of $1.5 trillion worth of student loan debt in our country. And while that number is bandied around quite a bit in terms of sort of defining the problem, what it doesn't tell you is the significant effects that this has on individuals all across the country and across a variety of age groups. And so we find, for example, the majority of Americans basically from age 18 through, you might say, the baby boomer generation say that they have had to delay financial decisions, major life decisions, because of the student loan debt that they accumulated. So as a result, these decisions to take on student debt 
are not to be taken lightly, and we're also looking to highlight this for, let's say, parents and students in the future to the extent that you know they have decisions to make, whether it's choosing the right school, whether they should be in school in the first place in the sense of choosing secondary education. And so when we ask people, would you do things differently, the first thing that they answered to your question, finally, they said we'd apply for more scholarships. So that's basically saying take advantage of all the student financial aid that's available. But on down the list, basically uh, you had about one in five saying that they would have chosen another college. They would have chosen a trade school or a community college. They would have changed their major. And one out of ten, and I think this is quite stark, one out of ten of these students or former students said that they would not have gone to college at all. So, you know, this is a big deal. It is startling, is it not, that quite a few said, as you reported, that they would have applied for more scholarships. After all, this is free money. How can people leave free money on the table? Well, I don't know that they're leaving it on the table. I think that they didn't step into the restaurant in the first place. <laughs> the process of, first of all, just applying for a college or university or even a community college or trade school can be quite overwhelming to many people. At some of the better schools, you have professionals who will guide the students through every step of the way. And in others, you're sort of left in the forest to forage for yourself. And so this is where I think income inequality comes into play as well, where, let's say, a well-heeled school district or private high school will help these students get to their destination. And in some of the, let's say, more economically deprived settings, it's a much more you're-on-your-own situation. So, you know, part of the education about applying for secondary education involves availing oneself of all the opportunities that are out there, not only for student aid, but obviously for the optimal kind of education loan funding, as well as any other opportunities that are out there. And I might add one more thing, and this wasn't really part of the survey, but many campuses, particularly state colleges and universities do have some setup for students to work while they're in school. And the research, by the way, finds that students who work some, not we're not talking about 40 hours a week here, but if they work some while they're in school, just getting some, let's call it spending money, they'll actually succeed more often because I think for among other reasons, it helps them to provide some order in their life while they're on campus. And your report said that this student debt causes many to delay major steps in life, things like buying a home, saving for retirement, having kids. But I was struck also by some other data. I was surprised to see that your figures show that more people making $80,000 a year have student loan debt compared to those making under $30,000 a year. So are the higher wage earners simply living beyond their means? Well, I think that's the problem all across income groups, to be quite honest. You know, you look at, for example, it's not exactly student loan funding we're talking about here, but, you know, half of lottery jackpot winners go bankrupt. Most people would say, oh, boy, you know, if I can only win the lottery. Yeah. And then you had a 50 percent chance of going bankrupt. So, yes, absolutely. And our other surveys at Bankrate, when we look at other forms of debt, absolutely bear that out. It's not necessarily always going to result in a bad outcome that people are taking on debt, whether it's a home equity line of credit, a mortgage or two mortgages or auto loans. But I think sometimes people may suffer also from some overconfidence when they're meeting some of their financial goals and then think, well, you know, let's just pile on the debt. And so you may have seen some of our other surveys, for example, that find 
only 40% of Americans can pay a $1,000 or more emergency expense from savings. So that means the majority cannot pay that emergency expense from savings. We're visiting with Mark Hamrick, Senior Economic Analyst for Bankrate.com, about their new study on the effects of student loan debt. Mark, according to the U.S. Department of Education's Federal Student Aid website, many loan servicers offer an interest rate reduction when you sign up for direct debit. Is this a good deal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and that really applies, I would say, across the personal financial space, whether you're doing business with a bank, whether indeed you're looking to sort of, let's say, automate your student loan payments. But of course, the other part of making that a direct deposit, sort of opposite of direct deposit, a direct debit payment is that, hey, you know, you're signed up for that, right? So just to the extent that we recommend people all the time need to have a budget, that means knowing what money's coming in and what money's going out. That also means knowing sort of the timeline of the automatic payments. It could be a credit card debt payment that comes out. You need to be managing that so you're not getting overdraft fees mm-hmm. and things like that that can really put you in a bigger bind. What are the typical interest rates on student loans now? And does it make sense in this atmosphere to refinance? There's not a one-size-fits-all answer to the refinance question. First of all, typically we're looking at high single-digit loan rates. So we're not talking about something that is in the higher credit card loan rate category. For those who are looking to refinance, the question is, how much debt are you talking about? Because it's only really at that point are the servicers or sort of their rivals going to be wanting to have a conversation about taking that debt on and essentially moving that loan to another setting. There are obviously other ways that this loan can be or this debt can be possessed, and indeed our survey found that as well. For example, some of the more senior individuals who uh, had this exposure had sort of moved it under a home equity line of credit. So that's where essentially someone owns a home. Obviously, they're not underwater. They don't owe more on the home than the home is worth. They have equity in the home. And so they're using that as a tool to pay down the student loan debt where it's being refinanced. For new parents, there are the so-called 529 plans that allow you to save for a child's education right away. Do you recommend those? Big fan of those plans. We did that with our one child who's now an adult. I would say the one risk is that just like saving for retirement, saving for your child's college education, we tend to underestimate the eventual cost of that. So all of that really speaks to the need to get on at ASAP as soon as that child is born. And, you know, sometimes grandparents like to contribute to those things as well. So to the degree that you can have this structured system, you'll have essentially 18 years to be working on it before your son or daughter goes to school. And it's absolutely a very good product. What about the prepaid tuition plans? Do you recommend those? And is there anything we should watch out for with those? I think there's something to look at, absolutely. So if you look at this sort of like being a buffet or a meal where you can choose different things, the 529s are good, the prepaid plans are good, but you need to know what it is that you're prepaying for, and then you're going to have to think as a parent, am I prepared to manage this process toward its completion to the extent that, first of all, I would assume that my son or daughter will be college material, But will the plan provide something that is flexible enough that it will meet your needs down the road? And if it isn't, how would you go about either using those funds or retrieving the funding somehow? So uh, what I'd say is know what you're getting into when you look at those plans. 
But ultimately, as it relates to all kinds of savings, I have yet to meet a person who regretted that they saved too much money, and that certainly would hold true for saving for a college education. Good point. Mark Hamrick, Senior Economic Analyst for Bankrate.com, thank you for joining us today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, are your prescription drugs phony pharmaceuticals or the real thing? That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 